Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Monday morning. Glad you're back with us. Hope you had a great first weekend. First weekend of without MSU sports. We only have, there's only what, like, what, 10 of them total? Something like that? Not many because. All of July. Because even when, uh, I mean, even when football kicks back into gear in August, you know, like August 31st or whatever, like, I've usually softball, or not softball, um, volleyball and soccer have been going for a couple of weeks then. So, yeah, in all honesty, it's probably only about a five, maybe six. It's all of July. Yeah. Oh, there's no sports in July. You get a couple weekends at the end of June and the first couple weekends of August. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're moving forward. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Thank you guys for listening to us, however you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, in this state, in this country, across the world, especially our great servicemen and women out there. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee. I also want to remind you again that Shane just had another baby, so he needs you to give him money. I contributed just a few moments ago. Uh, I've actually changed things up a little bit here lately. I've been going, uh, trying out other things. on. I always go with Blueberry Cobbler, but the other day I tried uh, Snickerdoodle off the drip. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Had hazelnut today. Uh, big hazelnut fan. That was pretty good. My wife is a hazelnut fan. Anything hazelnut, she'll, she'll, she'll go. Isn't yeah. that the albino squirrel? Uh, well, I, the albino squirrel has hazelnut in it, but this okay. was just regular coffee okay. hazelnut flavored. Okay. But yes. Yes. Okay. I'm proud that you knew that, though. Well, if your wife likes it. My wife likes it. it. Yeah, that's how I know what it is. So there you go. I need to go up there and get her another coffee one of these days. You do. You should love your wife and treat her. I, you know where my wife is today? I am treating her. You know where she's going? I, no idea. She's going to Tuscaloosa to see Rob Thomas. So, me and the kids are going to have to gut it out without yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, must be long. It's not Matchbox well, 20, but... Well, yeah, but I'm sure he'll, I bet he'll sing it. Yeah, he'll, I bet, he I bet he'll, he'll, he'll cover the hits. <laughs> for sure. So, she, you know, she's going over there. I hope it's a hot one, like seven inches from the midday sun. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to get back to baseball today, just for, for, just for today's show. We're going we're gonna to talk about next year. Look ahead. Way too early look ahead at MSU Baseball. And try to sort of set that lineup. We'll try to set the pitching rotation, and then we'll try to. T- we can't set anything in the bullpen, but we'll talk about it and where those guys are going to come from. Um, the first thing, you know, let's just let's just start on on the on the outfield because you know that's where State's got the biggest shoes to fill. Yeah, with Mangum and McNamee both gone. Yeah, am I foolish to think that Rowdy Jordan is moving into center? I don't think that's foolish. I think that's a very I think that's going to happen. Prediction. Um, I mean, you think about it. This year had. God forbid, had Jake Mangum broke his leg or at some point or something, uh, Rowdy Jordan would have slid over to center, I think. Yeah. Did Jake – I guess he did, didn't he? Uh, I was sitting there thinking, did Jake play every single inning of every single game this year? Like, was he ever out of the lineup at any point, like in a blowout or anything? I, I, guess I don't he, recall Jake I don't Mangum recall ever, him being ever being out. Four, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I, I was going to say, if you could find that moment where maybe somebody slid over, it was – but. But, yeah, I think Rowdy will be your guy in center field. I mean, there's really, quite frankly, I don't know that there's another obvious candidate other than him. Right. I mean, he's he's the guy. It seems it seems like we've been talking about Rowdy for a while, being the heir apparent to Jake, not only in position but in stature on the team of being the new leader of the team. I, 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 I do believe that. I mean, um, you have to think, too, he's probably your leadoff hitter, right? If you I would to, think so. If you had to draw it up. Yeah, because, he's. I mean, he's, he's the most prototypical leadoff hitter you've got in terms of speed and – you know, being able to stretch stretch uh, singles into doubles, be able to steal bases, so on and so forth. Um, then alongside him, I think you're going to have a guy who played in the outfield this year, 
And I think you're going to have a guy who did not play in the outfield this year. Yep. I think Brad Cumbus will be your right fielder, at least to start the season. They're going to give him that opportunity. And then in left field, I think you're hearing a lot of chatter that Tanner Allen might make the move back to the outfield. I, th- I think you're right. And, and if you haven't noticed, and if you really follow baseball, you probably have noticed. But if you've just kind of tuned it out since State got eliminated from College World Series, they are uh, playing some Team USA collegiate national yeah. games in, in North Carolina over the last few days. And, of course, Tanner Allen and Justin Foscue, Jordan Westberg, those guys are, are battling for a roster spot. And that's what this past weekend's kind of been, really. It's like team trials there's like four inter squad scrimmages and and whoever comes out of these they're going to sign they're going to have like a 24 man roster that'll play a, a friendly against friendly series against like Chinese Taipei and some other teams but anyway right um Tanner Allen's been playing left field um in this thing and uh he's not a prototypical first baseman at the next level he's not tall he, no he's he's not a yeah his size does not lend itself towards it. in fact like Brad Cumbest is a guy that is a prototypical looking first baseman at the next level with his size, but but I do think, like you said, that he'll he'll probably be in the outfield because I'm sure we'll get there in a second. I think Josh Hatcher's got a good shot to to move in and play some play some first base next year. But, That's where I was going with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think Tanner will be in probably be your left fielder if you made me pencil it out today. Does that work? Is that is that you know, I mean you got two really good hitters out there. And then you got Cumbus, who I think potentially is a very, very good hitter. I mean, there were some people who, were, who thought he was a little disappointing as a freshman. I mean, how much better as a freshman than he was he than a lot of good players that have come yeah, before and him? Yeah, and you have to remember, too, now, Brad Cumbus was not getting consistent ABs throughout the year. That's tough. And not getting consistent practice because he was going back and forth with football. Yeah, Do you think he, he makes that move, by the way, full-time to one or the other? I mean, I'm just 100% guess, we're guessing. We're speculating here, yeah. 100% guessing, but... If I haven't seen enough from him in football, so maybe this is not fair for me to say this, but I think his potential is greater in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like just his body type, his power. Um, not to mention the fact that you're not, you know, banging your head against a wall every day. You know, as, as a tight end blocking and whatnot. I mean, the, the injury risk, the long term prognosis for your health and your life. And, and not to mention your financial security for life, should you be able to make it to the big leagues or something? Uh, I just I think baseball is a maybe a, a better route if you can get there. I mean, look, I guess if you could be a top two or three round draft pick in the NFL, maybe 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 that's a better route to take. But I just when I see Brad and I see him take BP and I see him out there on the baseball field, to me, I. It'd be tough for me to advise against him playing baseball. I think that may be this. Well, that's for me. That's that, that's everybody. That, that that said that that said though, I still haven't seen enough of him in football to say that he should give that up either. I, this is this is a telltale year for that coming up here this fall. You know, I, I think I think that after this season, after this football season, he might need to make that decision. Um, this isn't the era where, you know, Bo Jackson's doing both kind of deal. It's not one of those deals where I think you're going to play both as a pro, you know, if you're Brad Cumbus. So I I think I, if I was him, I would narrow in on one after this football season, whether that be baseball, whether that be football. But I think potentially, I mean, he's a, he's a, 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 a all-SEC kind of baseball player. He's got the frame, like you said. He's got the power. You know, he can hit. He just he just needs at bats. He's one of those guys I think we've talked about, like – you know, the more at bats you get out of him, the, the more he's going to come along. I wonder, and, and I've never asked Brad this. Maybe this is a, a question for some point in the in the coming weeks and months. But 
if you had to pick right yeah. now, like which do you? What's your favorite sport? Could you pick? You know, maybe one of those deals where he just doesn't know yet. I, and that's fair too. I mean, he's a. We forget sometimes these are eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old guys trying to figure out their life and what they want to do with themselves. I wonder, you know, all things being equal, which one he would rather succeed and play professionally if yeah. that's his goal. I, I don't know the answer to that question, but uh, I know this. I saw enough from him this year to know that he could be a pretty darn special baseball player. So we'll see what happens. Then on the infield, I th- you know Gunnar Halter's departure sort of opened things up at third base. I-, I think right now, if you said I had to make a prediction, which is what we're doing here, does, does that lend itself? Do you think Landon Jordan's going to be that guy at third? I think so. I mean, or would who- you would you move? Foskey back to third, and then I, I thought Foskey was so solid at second base. I, I think I think you leave that up. Yeah, I, I think you leave that. I think you leave up the middle along Westian and Foskey at this point. Um, Foskey when they moved him to second, it everything just started to kind of click. It seemed like defensively. So I, yeah, I think I'd leave him there, which which lends Landon Jordan to be the favorite at third. I mean, I don't really even know. I mean, yeah, I guess theoretically you could put Foskey at third and Landon Jordan at second, but from a lineup standpoint i don't know who else is even in that mix you know who else who else would you throw in that it'd have to be a freshman or somebody right that would even jump into that equation at this point um i mean maybe you look maybe you could look to uh have one of the catchers maybe change well, position that, kind of deal or at least get some versatility and play both kind of they thing they mentioned luke hancock as a guy who could play second could he play third i mean they did it for marshall gilbert i know this Mentioning that, Luke Hancock is a guy that right now you look at, and whether it's moving him to a second or leaving him at catcher or letting him DH a lot, he's a guy that's got to be in the lineup, I think, next year some, somewhere. I saw yeah, enough, he's, from, he's, yeah, I saw enough I from him this year to think that he's got the chance to be a you know really special type hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he, he, he didn't get to play just a ton because there was so much offensive depth and firepower on this team. But in the in several moments this year, the flashes that we had of Luke Hancock, boy howdy, that kid he can hit. That bat plays. And and you just gotta figure that somehow, some way, whether it's catcher or whether they find a spot or whether it's DH or whatever, that bat's gonna be in the lineup somewhere, you would think. I agree. I I think right now as we sit, it's probably going to be uh Landon Jordan there at third. They keep the middle of the infield set the same with Westberg and Foscue. And then at first you already sort of mentioned it, but that seems where you where you would want to slide Josh Hatcher into. Yeah, because I mean, look, let's be real. He didn't exactly look all that comfortable in the outfield. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, and and you know, kudos to Josh Hatcher by the way for, I mean, State needed to put somebody out there, and they needed to keep his bat in the lineup, and you know, that was what they did, kind of deal. I, I, I guess that. Um, you know, State's facing a lot of right-handed pitchers, and, and so uh, you didn't really want to put Cumbus out, out there. And then, you know, I guess at that point, Hatcher could have DH'd and Cumbus and right. But that isn't the route they took. And so Josh Hatcher played right field, and, you know, I, I know that he did the absolute best that he could in filling in for Elijah McNamee. But he definitely did not look like that's the position that he needs to play long term. Right. <laughs> so you, you know that – he had a good bounce back year this past year too, the way because you remember he started. He was the starter, I think at first, his uh, is as a true freshman and got out to a really great start, and then it really slowed down for him and he couldn't he wasn't seeing the ball. 
This year he came back out and, and looked like a, a dangerous hitter. wonder if he has – here's a beat writer saying this, so this goes to show, folks, that we're just normal people. And maybe you just want to say I'm bad at my job. We'll see. But Hatcher's a guy that you look at, and when you look at the lack of pin depth this team's going to have this next year, is Hatcher a guy that maybe you could – Hey, you want to pitch again? Because you know, I mean, he—that's right. He did pitch. He had he had moments in, in his freshman year as a pitcher. So, Possibly. is he a guy that, as a left-hander, you know, I mean, you're losing Tristan Barlow. It's one of those things where it, they're going to have to sort, you, of sort that out in the fall. Yeah, is that something? I mean, I haven't asked Chris Lamontis this, I haven't asked Josh Hatcher this, but I mean, it's another potential left-handed arm, or maybe he's given up pitching. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's something they've decided. I, I we'll, we'll try and determine that sometime between now and next February. And we then, got we got time. Yeah, we do, yeah. And then we we think I think you got two exciting young catchers, but I think Luke Hancock is probably the better of the two right now. Yeah, uh, if you made me pick one or the other, I, I would definitely say Hancock. But man, Hayden can great arm. Yeah, got some got some pop. Got some pop. I Another mean, guy, he just needs some more at bats. I think needs a little more experience. One thing that you got this coming year at the catching position that you, you didn't have this past year. I mean, last this past year you had four guys really that if you needed to could catch, and you didn't feel all that. I mean, I know that Skelton was probably far and above defensively the total package deal. Um, Skelton was leaps and bounds probably above everybody when you consider everything. But this this coming year, I guess you've just got what. Hatcher and Hayden Jones is pretty much oh, – not Hatcher, excuse me, Hancock. Hancock and Hayden Jones. Right. I mean, so you, you – I guess what well, I'm saying is – you've got Logan Tanner coming in. You do. From, uh, you as, do. You know, from, uh, from George County High School. Don't don't know – You wanted to get Ethan Hearn in, obviously, but he signed with the Cubs as a six-round pick. Where I was going with all that, though, was this past year you could DH one of your catchers. You probably can't do that now. I don't know that you can now because – then if your catcher gets hurt and you have to move your DH to catcher, you lose your DH. Right, you're going to have to figure so, that out. So I don't know that you want to do that as much. But but I, both those guys, Hatcher and, Han- and uh, I keep calling Luke Hancock Hatcher. I'm sorry. Hancock and uh, Hayden Jones, both Wrong those guys you. hit so well that you just feel like they're going to get plenty of opportunities this year. Maybe it'll be a situation where State doesn't, you know, Skelton caught seemingly every game down the stretch, especially the last half of the year. Maybe you run into a situation where you can give those guys a little more of a breather this year, Um, a little more of an every-other-game kind of deal. We'll see. But I think State's catching position is in good hands with those two. Yeah. Just at first glance, when you look at that lineup we we sort of gave you, that's a a solid going to compete in the SEC for a championship lineup. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got a really good nucleus with Allen, Jordan, Westberg, Foscue. You feel really good about Hatcher. Uh, Cumbus is a guy with a lot of potential. Same with Hancock. You just got to figure out third base. And you're not even figuring in any of these like impact freshmen, or, yeah. or, or any you know, which any there of the will be a couple that could come in. And yeah, so uh, yeah, that's a that's a solid solid lineup that should be competitive every single time that they go out on the field. And then when you look at the pitching rotation, I feel like it's very similar to a season ago in that. You know what Friday is. And I think you feel like you have a pretty good idea of what Sunday is going to be. It's Saturday that you that you don't really know for sure. Last year you thought JT Ginn was going to be the Saturday guy. But you didn't know. I mean, he's a high school kid. It might not work out. Even though he's a first-round pick, you just, you just don't ever know. Whereas with Ethan Small, you knew he was going to be the Friday night guy. And then, honestly, I think everybody thought going into the season last year that Keegan James was going to be the Sunday guy. Um, 
this year I feel the same way. I think JT Ginn is he's the Friday guy, and he's going to be as good as any Friday night guy in the league. I think he and Kumar Rocker are probably going to be the top two guys. Um, and then the Sunday guy, right now, if you said you had to pick, I think that's going to be Brandon Smith. And I think he'll be a very good Sunday starter. I'm back here with, with you know, who is the Saturday guy. Right now, if you said pick the guy who's going to get the first crack at that, I would be surprised if it's not Eric Sarantola. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I don't know about the order mm-hmm. of these guys, but you're looking at two spots, obviously, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you have to think that the – I mean, the favorites, there's three favorites here. Sarantola, you mentioned Brandon Smith, and uh, Christian McLeod. McLeod is the guy, is, you correct me if I'm wrong, and I think I brought this up before, but I want, you would know more than me. But he was in the, they were tossing around the idea of him being in the rotation this year, but he got sick, right? He, he was highly thought of, yeah, and, and he, he got, he, had, he got mono, right? And it just wiped him out? I think that's right. Mono pneumonia, I can't. I want to say it was pneumonia, but anyway, here we are speculating on a kid's health. I can't remember. He got sick. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Um, anyway, he was highly, highly thought of. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he ended up redshirting. He got sick. I, I don't know if his, his strength never really got back to what it needed to be, and so he ended up just redshirting. But he was a guy that was highly, highly thought of. And, and so you know coming into this year, th- this coming season, that he's a guy that's going to be – you know, looked at to get one of those spots. I mean, six a six foot three, two hundred fifteen pound lefty. Yeah, there's room for that. <laughs> that, 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 that looks uh, like it should work. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, too, State saw this year in, in the fact that they didn't lose any midweek games. How important that is. Yeah. So I don't think that it would be that much of a uh, bad thing if, if say, Sarantola is on Saturday, maybe Brandon Smith is the Sunday guy, and then you have the six foot three uh, lefty. freshman lefty trying yeah. to win you midweek games. That's not bad either. But you could switch swap them out too. Maybe maybe Brandon Smith stays in that midweek role a little bit. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh McLeod proves to be a and, dominant force and, and you the throw him on the weekends. You might you might want to throw McLeod on the weekends because uh you don't have a lefty there. Yeah. Otherwise because you got right if you're if you're thinking that's gonna be Gin and Saratola or Smith, they're all righties. So you, you you want to have that? You want to be able to throw at least one left-hander. You think you didn't? You did it this year, obviously. Um, and then, then we get to the bullpen, and now it's 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 really is your guess is as good as mine. Well, the bullpen basically to me comes down to two things need to happen. Mm-hmm. One, you need Spencer Price and Riley Self to be healthy. Are they going? Do you think they they'll ever come back to their their old selves? I don't. No, I don't. No, no pun intended. I mean, it's just pure speculation, but you'd have to think that, like, Spencer coming off of Tommy John surgery, another year of healing. Yeah. And, and sometimes... And he didn't throw a ton of innings this year. And sometimes with those guys, and I'm not putting words in Spencer's mouth here, he can speak for himself, but sometimes with those guys, it's a mental thing as much as anything. Yeah. To know that your arm's okay, you know? And maybe another year removed from that, he can truly get out there and let loose kind of thing, whereas maybe he couldn't last year. I, I don't... You know, it's one of the speculation deals, but you'd have to think that another year removed, that if you know, should he be back, that that he's going to have the, you know, a little more healing and and be able to to go out there and, and let loose and, and and see if he can get back to his old self. Riley, uh, you know, Riley had some moments this year. It's not like he was just not useful at all, yeah. but he wasn't what he was a couple years ago, right. kind of thing. So, 
I mean, you've seen before that he can be effective, so you would have to think that he could again maybe get back to that. But, yeah. I mean, there has to be some optimism looked at to say that both of those things will happen. But could it happen? Yeah. If, and, and If, if it that does, happens, State's bullpen is going to be okay. If it does, you start to feel a little better about things. You have um, those two guys, then you have Jack Egan. Yeah. And, and now we're into who's going to have to you're, step in. You're into no man's land a little bit where – but remember, too, State has recruited well. Yeah. You know, there are going to be some talented young guys that could step up and play key roles. But then again, it's a dangerous game in the SEC when you're relying upon a lot of young guys. You know, it's And it was weird. Not like, ideal. La- last year, you, you were relying on unproven guys, but they were veterans. Lee Belt was unproven, but a veteran. Barlow, Colby White was a Juco guy. Cole Gordon, you obviously sort of knew what you had there. Well, you know, but yeah, you're right. This year... I mean, you look at this freshman class and some of these pitchers coming in, they're going to be called upon from day one. And that's sort of what you had in 2016. But the difference was in 2016 you had that front line. You knew that rotation was good with, with Hudson and Sexton. And, you know, you had Pilkington there and, and Zach Houston. You felt good about those guys. This year, you know, I don't know that you have as much. Basically, when I look at this team from a season from now or, or next season, I guess I should say, I say they're going to win games scoring more than pitching, which was sort of the case this year. At times, all these Ethan Small didn't have that problem, but that that's the way I think this this is going to end up going. Yeah, here's the the reality of the situation is State has such top end talent that they could overcome some of this, and and maybe some of those guys hit in the bullpen. Maybe uh, by hit I mean you know become very serviceable relievers. I don't mean get a bat and hit, but anyway, uh, you uh, maybe some of those guys hit. Maybe some of uh, Spencer and Riley and those guys are healthy and they come out and and then maybe, you know, McLeod and Sarantola really step their games up this year. I say step their games up. McLeod hadn't been out there. Yeah. But your rotation's solid well, and then you have a really good team, but there's a disaster scenario too. Yeah. And, and that's the reality of this is what if Sarantola gets out there next year and can't throw a strike again? Right. What if Christian McLeod, you know, for all intents and purposes, well, he is a freshman. He'll be a redshirt freshman, but he'll go out there and – what if he faces some of those same bumps in the road that freshmen sometimes face? Right. Um, what if Spencer doesn't get back to his old self and Riley doesn't get back to his right, old right. self? If all this happens, I mean, there is a disaster scenario here it where State like, doesn't pitch and then you're fighting to get into the tournament. It seems like there's really. an equal number of what-ifs that are positive and negative. So that leads you to believe that if, if it's just balanced, they should be okay. Yeah. You know, some of the bad and some of the good. You take the good, take the bad. If you made me guess. You take them both, and there you have. Balance. It's all about the, that balance. And you also have the facts of life. <laughs> if you made me guess sitting here today looking at this lineup, just what we know and what we don't and the, the questions we have, this seems like a team that is going to be right there if you had to rank them, like in the 15 to 25 range, and they're going to be battling to be a, a host spot, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like a national seed caliber team. Um. But it doesn't seem like a team that's just battling to get into the tournament either. I mean, everything would have to go wrong for it to get to a battling to get in the tournament. They, they feel like they should be right there battling for that for a host of, spot. Sort of, I'm trying to think of yeah, sort of like Ole Miss was this year. Just good. They got some solid pieces, but you know if they host, it's going some things are going to have to go right for them. You know, towards the end of the season. Yeah. But that said, I think the ceiling is very high because I know you know what you've got with Ginn. And then if Sarantola does deliver, you got a six foot five right hander who can throw ninety five plus. Then all of a sudden you've got the same situation you had this year, where you've got basically two unbeatable guys. You know, in the early part of the season, that's going to go a long way. Here's the thing with 
my entire the entirety of my concern with the the 2020 Mississippi State baseball team is you give me the list of every single pitcher on the roster and I can only circle one of them that I feel like I know what I'm going to get. Again, that's JT again. That's yeah. it. And yeah. the rest of them are absolute wild cards. Yeah. And that said, some of those wild cards might be fantastic. Well, like I said they I mean they're highly recruited. And you, you know what? You got to feel one thing that I don't think is being talked about enough. Obviously, we've talked about how Lamonis will stay and you know stay will have the second uh, a head coach for a second year in a row for the first time. This is the first time the whole staff has stayed since fifteen. You know, think about it, at the end of the sixteen season, uh, Butch Thompson was gone, and then the next year Mingione was gone. We're only a week removed from Omaha, Brian. Let's don't jinx this thing. Well, yet. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you got a point, but but my my point remains that. <laughs> For the most part, it looks like state's yeah. going to have the whole staff back. That's that's a whole year of not having to learn nuances and things. We everybody knows the drill. We're moving forward. That, I think that's a big deal too. Not just having Lamona's back, but having the staff back as well. I do. I think that's big, especially when you lose such key voices from the locker room. Because I mean, Jake Mangum was another coach. Yeah, and uh, McNamee was kind of on that same level too, and and Cole Gordon and those guys. I mean, they. In the absence of coaching consistency, you had player consistent. Let's see, and player consistent voices from those guys, and yeah. and so uh, yeah, we're really about to to see how good of a coach Chris Lamont is, and I think he's a darn good one. I, I think those guys have already said how good he is, but you're really about to to see for sure because, and even Chris Lamont has said multiple times this was a player driven team in 2019, and next year when you have well, I don't know, though, because I think you're kind of going to have that some more, though. Because you got Tanner Allen, who's going to be a three-year starter by next year. you got Rowdy Jordan, three-year starter. Westy's going to be a two-year starter, but he's contributed a lot. Foscue, obviously, it will be a, a two-year starter. Kind of, what kind of three-year starter? I mean, that both those guys started some games in, in, uh, in 18. So you have a lot of veteran guys that are still, still make up the core of this team. Um, I don't know. State's in a really good spot from a leadership perspective. Yeah. And that, that that makes you feel like that even if there are some some rough patches, I mean, the, these are some guys, that the Allens and Jordans and Foscues and, and those guys of the world, they were here in, you know, 18 whenever things looked like they were off the rails with the Canizaro situation and the interim coach, and, and, and they were part of the solution that righted the ship and got them to Omaha that year. So that kind of makes you feel like that even if some of those wild cards that we talked about don't hit, those guys are mature enough and they've been through enough that they're not going to panic. And you feel like that probably Jake Mangum still rubbed off on those guys enough to where should they get to April and they're floundering a little bit, they're not going to pack it in. You know, and I, I think this is a crew that's going to have a lot of fight in them, even if, if they have to fight through some adversity. Yeah. Should be an interesting year. I agree with you. I think this is a team that has a good chance to host national top eight seed, I guess I should say. Seems unlikely, but you know you don't, you don't know. know. If all those wild cards that we talked about hit, yeah, then you got to you got you're going to be right back there. This is a team that's going to have a chance. That Omaha is going to be a little tougher this year, but they can get back there if things go their way. But they're going to be another, it's going to be another good baseball season, and you know I won't be completely surprised if they're back in the super regional for a fifth straight year. We'll put it that way. All right, just a baseball show today. Last one for a long time. It's all football. Uh, going forward, the rest of this week we've got Arkansas preview. We've got Kansas State box or USM box score. We've got uh, we're predicting South Carolina in our SEC preview. Positional breakdown for the running backs. We got a lot to talk about this week. A lot of good stuff, and uh, we'll get to it all. Also, I want to make a quick point. I'm going to talk about this uh, poll we're doing on Sports Talk Mississippi. A little public service announcement. 
Uh, you know, I've gotten in trouble in the past because I took a shot at Dak Prescott. I'm not taking a shot at Dak Prescott. Love Dak Prescott. Greatest MSU football player. Greatest MSU athlete. Is it really considered a shot at Dak Prescott when you just want your team to win? Uh, some people think so. But that the Dak Prescott is beating Steve McNair in this poll, come on, guys. I'm, I'm begging you now. If you, if you haven't voted already, vote for Steve McNair. I'm going to go ahead and tell you something right now. The next position we're, doing, position we're doing is running back. If Anthony Dixon beats Walter Payton, I'm out. I'm out on this whole thing. I'm going to be like, we got to stop doing this. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Come on. Come on, guys. Do you feel like that a lot of the people voting for this poll are voting? But well, hey, A lot of them are voting by their hearts because they of love Dak. But, but also, a lot of people are voting that watch Dak's entire collegiate career that didn't see Steve McNair play a down in college. Possibly. But that's on you to be informed. <laughs> you know, you're gonna vote. For it. You vote. You should be informed. That's, that's why I say I can't. I'm. I'm really. I, I knew that. I thought the way it would go would be that McNair would win and Dak would finish second because the two Ole Miss guys would split their votes. Um, but even if you put their votes together, they're still behind Dak, Archie, and Eli. I voted. I wanted. I wanted. Really wanted Willie Totten to be the fourth guy. Um, Tell you what, though, and we've talked about this before, and the Mississippi State online presence is overwhelming. You know, when you, when there comes something to a vote or something online, Mississippi State, the Mississippi State Twitterverse is an active bunch. Oh yeah, and so uh, they'll get after it, and we sure. appreciate that too because your passion, many of you, that's what leads several of you to listen to these shows and participate and sometimes give us grief. But hey, we appreciate your support yeah. anyway. I'm really surprised Dak is winning. That's all I'm gonna say to that. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. A lot of football the rest of the week and, of course, the rest of the way here on Thunder and Lightning. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.